Hey, welcome to another episode of Ross Never Sleeps on the Never Sleeps Network. I'm Alex Ross. I had a very inspirational chat with film producer Mariah Owen and film writer Brittany Johnson. They came into the studio with their entrepreneurial spirits, which I was a big fan of and always am here at the Never Sleeps Network studio. They are here to plug their new film, Expiry Date. It's about women who deal with the everyday struggles of being a woman, something I know very little about. It's always interesting to have filmmakers and actors come and chat as they are some of the hardest working people in the entertainment industry. Mariah and Brittany are no exception. They're devoted, motivated, and already quite successful. Brittany has an episode of Dark Matter uh, Space Network series based off the comic book. It actually launches the day after this podcast. And Mariah even has a second film after expiry day called MFA coming out in 2017. And that stars Francesca Eastwood and Clifton Collins Jr. These are busy people. And I... I hope to have both Mariah and Brittany back to discuss their new experiences as their projects fly out of these incredibly productive and passionate and hardworking filmmakers. Our chat is full of great information, especially for young people and women trying to work their way into the film industry. Uh, we also discuss where you can see expiry date. All this and more on this episode of Ross Never Sleeps on the Never Sleeps Network. Well, Ross never sleeps, so. That's right. Is that why it's called Never Sleeps? It's called Never Sleeps. It's my alias from, from university. I had a university radio show, and I never could think of a name for it. My idol is uh, Neil Young. Okay. And Neil Young has a famous album from the 70s called Rust Never Sleeps. I was like, and Neil Young never sleeps? Well, probably, uh, yeah. That's That's for a lot of other reasons, I'm sure. <laughs> and it was a friend of mine at the time, and he totally just like dubbed the name... Just from that, I think we were just like in a stone stupor and he kept listening so to sweet. Russ Never Sleeps. And if you, if you just hear it enough times, you just hear Ross Never Sleeps. That's so cool. I like I know. that. It's part of it. You know, I'm also a natural insomniac, just like one of those night owls. Like our, right. yeah, our, yeah. our net, Never Sleeps Network, which eventually is the podcast network that came from Ross Never Sleeps on our cards, it says, where night owls flock. Oh, wicked. It's just like, a yeah. you know, a, an homage to so those like the who are old in me that goes to bed at like 8 p.m. is like not supposed to. My parents <laughs> raised us by television. Like I was raised by my television. So like I went to bed when the Simpsons were over, like the new Simpsons episodes okay. dictate. So when I was a kid, so like Sundays at like 8 p.m., right? So then Simpsons would be over. Yeah. Bedtime. So 8.30 was our dictated bedtime and then since it got pushed to 9 p.m eventually and then i can't wait to our, our bedtime the older i got since it got older the, the more like kind of mature subject matter right. was considered or later our bedtimes would i never but, had a bedtime oh really like, i never i never had a bedtime i just like would pass out well like, I'm, I'm sure over time <laughs> wake up. i'm sure over time my parents were just like you know the tv will tell you when to go to bed but yeah no i <laughs> like sitting there like boom yeah. right over moment of narcolepsy well like now you're you seem to <laughs> no be fan. quite busy yeah 
So, like, what is bedtime regimented thing? Like, are you in no. bed by, like... God, no. Oh, it's you text Mariah, like, we <laughs> text each other of all hours of the day. That's man. right. You actually messaged me quite late yeah. last night to answer yeah. some questions. Is that what you have to do? Do you have to, like, get to your phone at the end of the night and then you're, like, Yeah, usually I get to my computer up. at the end of the night because I'm on my phone pretty much all day. And then computers, it depends on what I'm doing. And then the computer, I'm, like... Oh. I can see everything. It's so much easier for my eyes. So then I'm I'm on the computer pretty late at night. What's the production schedule like? What the the production schedule life like? You know, I, I mean, it, there's periods where it's so insanely busy and like you are constantly on every piece of technology that you will ever own. <laughs> um, and then there's big lulls. So right now it's kind of it's crazy. I mean, for both of us with expiry date coming up, well, we're wrapped and going into post-production and then IRL, the series is coming out, um, which Brittany's a lead in and I'm co-producer for. So that alone is like, just makes it a crazy, crazy time. And just looking from your IMDb pages, I saw IRL in real life. Maybe you tell us a little bit about that and your short film, Ergo Sum. Yeah, it's called IRL, the series. It stands for In Real Life. And uh, originated as a web series, got picked up by Bell Media's 5TV1. So that's where you can find us um, in a couple weeks. And um, it's about social media and technology and the, the relationships and how social media and technology really affects them. Um, there's moments of comedy, drama. Um, I don't know, is there anything you want to add? No, you're right. The intersection, <laughs> the intersection <laughs> of technology and our relationships and kind of how we live our lives these days. Absolutely. Yeah. And how is that? that way of life that we're living that you're basically putting on another screen or how we all are now calling them kind of black mirrors if you're familiar of the the sci-fi series absolutely yeah it's just it's kind of like we wanted to shine a light on all these things that kind of happen in our daily lives and that we're doing you know whether it's with different apps for dating or ways that we're coming kind of to that through other social media the kind of funny ways that people use it and how you know, we can find light in that. And then also some of the darker ways that it's getting used. And so, yeah, and it's such a social media is such a fascinating mm-hmm. thing, you know, not a good thing, not a bad thing. Just the fact that you can go on there and find acceptance, or you can go on there and be brutally bullied, or you can go on there and find the love of your life. Like there's Absolutely. just so many possibilities with social media that I think it's like, it's such a unique topic to explore. And how are you exploring it? Is it something that you're shining a light on as a warning or like a re- like how are you making those subject matters relevant? Right. I, I think just providing examples of, of like of daily life. You know, we have a couple episodes, well, tons about relationships. And, you know, if, if someone's getting catfished or how does your relationship on look online versus how it is behind closed doors and um, or offline, I should say. So yeah. the personas that people are putting on and how that, yeah. you know, like what that's doing to relationships, whether it's love relationships, friend relationships, relationships with people you don't know who now can feel like they know you mm-hmm. or think that you're friends or <laughs> get to know you very well through what you create on social media and how like where do you kind of where do you begin and end and where does your social media begin and end? And we kind of explore that in IRL. But we're, you know, talking about a project that's kind of made by millennials. Right. About millennials. Do you see yourselves in these films? I mean, obviously, Brittany, you're an actress in this film, but like, do you ever feel how real it can be sometimes? Totally. That was where it came from. We actually began with the web series part of it. We, We came to these topics through improv. So through like people's life experiences and then you know riffing off of that with each other and kind of saying hey I have an idea for this or like this happened to my friend what do you think and then going with that and kind of taking it whether it was further or staying in the truth of that or that's how we came up with the con all the concepts for IRL 
what's some of the bigger concepts that we're talking about here? We can't give too much away. Okay. <laughs> um, however, you know, we have um, it just just like I said earlier, you know, a, an episode about catfishing, an episode about being so addicted to your cell phone, it's almost like you're a zombie. Uh, we have a, well, a lot uh, about diversity, about racism, about LGBTQ community. We just wanted to highlight everyone because on social media, everyone is highlighted. Everyone uses social media and technology. So I guess the to say a couple of the overarching themes it's it's really just the positive and negative effects on social media and just how how people use it and the repercussions of that so then why as a millennial let's say mm-hmm. why do i think what why do i need to see this film um well it's a series too and that's the other thing so there's 12 episodes and as a millennial for other millennials it's important because you can immediately identify and relate to mm-hmm. the subject matter so it's a series, five-minute episodes I read up on. Yep, they're five to ten minutes. Um, right now, with our deal with Bell, uh, we're roughly around ten minutes per episode. But our original content and original goal was to be around five minutes per episode. And your short film, Ergo Sum, can you touch on that a bit? Yeah, so um, Ergo Sum is the, f- the first short film I've ever done. And um, written and directed by my friend George Mirai, who is awesome. It's an avant-garde, very artistic, psychological thriller. Um, all kind of set around Descartes' I Think, Therefore I Am. It's pretty cool. It takes you on a journey through a, a day in the life of a, a man and kind of being captive to your own thoughts and your own dreams. And, and uh, Sounds like my daily life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you're a producer, yes. Mariah. GTE Productions. So yes. you're currently producing the miniseries IRL, the short film, film Ergo Sum. And of course, we're here with actress slash writer Brittany Johnson, who are here to discuss their new short film, Mm-hmm. Expiry date, a comedy written by Brittany Johnson and her sister Juliana Covey. Did I say that right? Covey, yeah. Covey? Covey, you got it. You got it. What's it like writing a comedy that you know you're going to be acting in? <laughs> so, it actually, it actually really only partly got written because of Mariah, because she's a good friend of mine, and sat down with me, and when I kind of told her, some of the things that had been going on in my life, because life imitates art or the other way around. She was like, you should write that. And, you know, it's funny because the subject matter isn't all that comedic necessarily. <laughs> but I feel like a bad friend. It, I laughed at you. <laughs> <laughs> but we like we brought it out that way because really like you have to, you know what I mean? You have to laugh at these things because these are all like really universal things for us as people, I think. So is there ever moments where you're writing or riffing on subjects <laughs> and you're like, this is a little bit too totally. close to heart? Absolutely. But I think that's, it was like Aziz Ansari who recently said in um, his roundtable about sometimes like the most specific individual things are actually the most universal. And I think that that's so true. I think that these specific moments that we have that we think are private moments in our own life and think that, you know, these are only the things that we struggle with individually are actually, you know, you realize when you talk to people about them, which often you don't, that, you know, everyone goes through kind of like a version, a version of that or their own. Lots of people do and have that. And that's and definitely Aziz is kind of a contemporary male perspective totally. on the same kind of subject matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, expiry date, obviously more female focused. Why don't you tell us more about the film? Uh, I think, well, just a little bit about why I thought it was important for expiry date to be out there. It, it's just the fact that all women face an expiry date. And when when we were, this is like last summer, we were sitting down and talking about what was going on in Britney's life and I was being a bad friend and laughing and, and telling her to, <laughs> no or a really good friend in this case because now there's a film yay it's just the fact that there are standards for women and it's it's not just about fertility like oh you can only 
you know, live your life to like a certain way up until this. It's like, okay, well, in your job and your relationships and your friendships and your family and your career goals and aspirations. And I think that Brittany just did such a phenomenal job in writing not just her story, but a story that so many women and, and men really of all ages can identify with. The fact that, you know, you're coming to a fork in the road and it's which, like, which do you choose? Because there's an expiry date on everything. How did you come up with the idea for this film? I mean, you two ladies are quite young for thinking of something called an expiry date. I mean, who influences you when it comes to thinking about this subject matter? You know, I think that it starts from really young. I mean, Mm -hmm. God, like I think back to high school and we were started, you know, we kind of would speak to our guidance counselors and get groomed like in grade nine for what we wanted to do in college. Mm -hmm. And we hadn't even like thought of that yet. And I think that that's really kind of how society works. And I, I can only speak because I, I am a woman, so I can only really speak for what I know. But I think especially with women, when it comes to our bodies, when it comes to our choices, mm-hmm. with our partners, in our friendships, in our career. And I think that, that like that's such a huge topic like of expiry date and of what we wanted to cover. And that's why we both felt it was really important because it is really universal. And it it starts so early, even though, you know, we are sitting here young women, we still have a lot of life to live. Mm-hmm. It's still something that I think ticks in the back of our brain and I don't think that for men it ticks the same way. Why? I know it doesn't. No. There's Why? different societal pressures. I mean, for we're you know different stages of our 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 young female life or our 20s or whatever and I I mean the pressures that I'm thinking about might not be the pressures that Britney's are thinking about or might not be the pressures that my mom's thinking about, but we all have these different timelines and expiry dates and i mean when i was younger i was like i'm gonna be you know super successful by this point i'm gonna be married by this point and i'm gonna do this this and this and it's like why why am i doing all this stuff before the before i'm 30 like why is it so like it's just it's ridiculous and women face that and men truly don't so then what do men face differently then I don't know speaking from like we can only speak you know sitting here as women and knowing what we know but we know that because we do have biological clocks that's one thing and that's a big thing because that's not only navigating you know whether whether or not you want a family or how big your family mm-hmm. is but that also from a very young age influences women in their career choices and how, you know, how hard they're going to work at this or that. And I think that that's like, that's really impactful. And I don't think that men face that the same way as women do by any means, because they're not going to be told, like, I think there's a lot of shaming when it comes to women, regardless of what you choose to do with your life, which is, I think, one of the things that we were talking about in expiry date that we really, you know, want to stop and we wanted to bring Mm -hmm. light to because it's not okay, because you can pick a whole plethora of things. And, you know, someone's always obviously someone's always going to think you're doing it wrong, but there's like a whole kind of shaming thing with women surrounding that. And what are you hoping that your audience is walking away with? What kind of impression, what kind of, you know, clear, impactful message that you're trying to convey to your viewership? I really hope that, you know, not just millennials or an 18 to 30 audience or even, you know, girls in high school, but all women um, that you really you have you have the power to listen to your own voice and to follow what you want to do and whether that is one thing or another or it's both that you are one hundred percent allowed to do so. Did either of you have some sort of catharsis on set or like during your writing process or acting? You know, like during this whole production as women. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm on your IMDb page. It's clear that your cast and crew are predominantly female. Mm-hmm. You, 
anybody just kind of wake up, have a, have an epiphany during any of this? Maybe uh, <laughs> you change some lives and, and hoping that's kind of the impact you're looking for Well, when you get some viewership? I, I think so. I think um, when Brittany and I were first really starting about production, she talked to me about an all-female crew, which is something that neither of us have done before. I personally am not sure if that's something I um, will ever have the full opportunity to do. And I think it's also something that sometimes it's inner conflict. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I'd love to do an all-female crew just for the sake of women being nurturers. And it would be a phenomenal thing on set. Um, But also, I don't want to use our gender as a marketing tool. Totally. Absolutely. (laughs) I agree with you. Definitely something that we experienced when we were looking for our crew that I think is important. We posted about, you know, looking for an all-female crew. These are the positions. And so many women, phenomenal, talented women were tagged because we put it on Facebook and we asked around. And um, so many of them said that they weren't ready or that um, it was too big of a project because we're an actor tip. So we're um, a co, we're part Actor Toronto, which is our actors union. And then CMPA, the Canadian Media Producers Association, and we're a joint project for them to make the film. And it was just really disappointing because we could have had more women work on this project if they felt that they were ready. And they didn't. That's the thing with women. I feel so many uh, women feel the need to only apply for jobs when they have 100% of the requirements. And you're never going to have 100% ever. Yeah, so I was just, we were just discussing this. Actually, I just read an article that said it's obviously generalizing, but it was saying that men will apply for jobs if they have 90% of the criteria, whereas women will only apply, well, sorry, men will only apply, will apply if they have 40% of the criteria. It's like 90 is a lot. 40, no, if they have only 40% of the criteria and women will only apply if they have 90. And I think that that's, we learned that kind of like the hard way when we were making this film because mm-hmm. we wanted more women. And like we couldn't put out the olive branches enough to get people to say, stand up and say, I can do this. And if I can't, I can learn how to do it. Yeah. And we'll figure it out. Because, you know, we want we want that. We want kind of like a, we wanted to have a really nurturing, growing, yeah. like positive, positive experience in, during our filming. And we did have that. We were very fortunate with yep. everybody we had. We did have that. But we wanted to reach out to, to have more women step up to the plate. And I think that there is an issue with gender, whereas women aren't taught to step up like that, whether it's from the fact that they're influenced from very young and they think, oh, well, I don't really have to because I want to go, you know, my goal is to have children and have a family and get a husband and have a house. And like, there's nothing wrong with any of these things. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But it can start from like a seed that small that that can cause people, you know, not to step forward and not to say, hey, I'm going to stand in my power here and I'm going to own this. And we wanted more women to do that. And Mm -hmm. we found that that was a really interesting thing when we were looking for those crew members that we couldn't even, no matter how many kind of lines we threw out, we got so few women who would stand up and do that. We think that that's unfortunate and like that that's something moving forward that we wanted to shed light on as well. This sounds like a hard we task. This sounds like a hard task. And it, it was very be. difficult. And yeah, I know. It was so uh, way more difficult than both of us thought it would be. Yeah. Which is wild. So why was it important? You know, like what was the ultimate underlining factor that you went, when you would call somebody up, you, you got your director, Jackie English. Yes. Why was it important? How did, what did you convey to Jackie to tell her? And I looked at Jackie's IMDb. She's mm-hmm. a previous actress as well. Mm-hmm. Seems like a lot yeah. of you guys have actress backgrounds. How do you convince, you know, actors and actresses to kind of go to that next level? Well, when I, because I reached out to Jackie 
And uh, I had heard, you know, different things because uh, she was a second AD assistant director on another friend's film of mine. And I had heard about her and I'd seen her work and I really wanted to meet her. Uh, one thing I heard about Jackie was that she was very driven. It's just it's something about finding driven women who have such a unique voice um, and a strong voice. And I think sometimes they're labeled as, oh, they're so opinionated or they're so this. And there's a negative spin on women who who know exactly what they want and they go after it. And I think mm-hmm. working with Jackie and having her on board this project was really, really great because just having a, a, a like how you were saying before, stepping up. But she she would step up and she would say, here's what I think. And I think for me, knowing that about Jackie and then meeting her and, and having her come on board for expiry date, it, it was just, it was reassuring to know that there there was someone who had opinions and believed in them so strongly and really wanted it to be successful. So I think that's, it was just having a strong female who would have the ability to amplify Britney's words on her script and make it into a movie. How did your production team finally come together? What are some tips maybe you have for other females looking to crew up together and produce more female-oriented films? I think just really doing your research and Googling all the time. Um, <laughs> go on to Google. But really doing your research, watching female films. Not not just female films, but f- films that have female directors or female DOPs, which is another very hard to find. You know, female sound. And it's just, it's... Finding people you want to work with, because nothing's ever going to be all female or all male in the world anyways, but finding those people that uh, who will be good team players. And I think if anyone's really looking for female crew, you know, post about it and ask around and, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> message those people individually who are tagged on your post. Yeah, and- I was just- yeah, I was just going to say, use your resources. Yeah. Like, we really found that. Use your resources. Now we're very fortunate to have, yeah. like, in this day and age, social media, the internet, yeah. all of these things. And, you know, make sure you're really using them to their full potential because there are lots of mm-hmm. options. There's so many more ways to reach out to people now, to do your research on people now, you know, to get a hold of people. And people are fairly easily accessible, much more than you might think. So, yeah. Well, you were mentioning, Mariah, there are these women in film that, mm-hmm. you know, have opened the doors. Yes. Mm-hmm. Name some names. Who are some people we need to, you know, put the spotlight on that maybe have had some spotlight time, but that are They're, opening the doors for you now? One girl, especially from Toronto, that I'm really, really itching to work with. I can't believe I said the word itching, but like, <laughs> I just like, I want to work with her. Uh, Hannah Cheeseman, she did um, yes. a web series called Whatever Linda. Um, she's just so talented and she's so funny and she's so smart and um, I definitely have a bit of a girl crush on her. So I, I think for for me, having someone who a, a is from Toronto, because <laughs> tons of stuff is filmed in Toronto, not a lot is made and successfully distributed in Toronto, even though you have Tricons like right outside your, your door. Oh yeah, uh, our yeah. studio's among uh, some of the bigger ones for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely hidden amongst them, <laughs> definitely hard um, to find. But yeah, I mean... Looking at, um, you know, I'm just using Hannah Cheeseman as an example. She is a millennial. Uh, she's incredibly hardworking. I mean, you can't be that successful and an up-and-comer and not be working hard. So I think women like her, or even like look at, you know, Katie Boland. Is another gonna gonna, yeah, Katie she's Boland doing a lot of cool stuff. And well, I'm I'm actually, I'm co-exec producer with uh, Gail Harvey for a tip. Yes. Which is another female, female-driven project. And um, I think just finding women who are down to make their own work. And that's the other thing, because no one's going to hand it to you. That's the other thing. Like, you just, you can't sit around and wait for a script to fall in your lap and be like, oh, someone's going to give me millions of dollars to make this movie. It's like, no, you have to go there. You have to, you know, find a way to make it and just work hard and find a good team and go for it. 
Mariah, on your website, GT Productions, yes. it states that you aspire to create more roles for women, mm-hmm. young students, yes. and people of diversity. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where do you see the most need for your services? Where are the problems and what are your solutions? Well, right off the bat, working in production, it is so incredibly hard to find a job um, if you're in, in production, even to be a production assistant, a PA, unless you're a film student or somebody's cousin. <laughs> so I, what I really liked was having people on expiry date who, whether they were in university or they were in college or they just had an interest in film, say, hey, sure, you know, come on set, learn something. So some of our second ACs, our assistant cameras, this was our first time working on a union film like this, Uh, our PA, our hairstylist. So finding opportunities for people to grow and learn, I think is really the most important thing for me with GTE when hiring people or bringing people on board. I just see a major disconnect on screen as well with women in roles of production and well just on in diversity on screen it's it's a little bit ridiculous so we need to be representative of the world that we live in because it is a much more interesting place and i don't think that we're really doing our best job to be highlighting the world around us and uh, and on that note it's just highlighting those voices like yes. bringing them forward and highlighting those voices whether it's in yeah. our case with expiry date you know coming from a female voice and telling female stories just because this is what it is specifically. But, you know, whatever your background, whatever your, you know, your gender you identify with, what like your, you know, having those stories heard because it's not all just middle-aged white men. And that's okay, but you know the stories aren't as interesting as they've been talking about recently. It's you know why are we remaking everything? Yeah, why are we remaking? Well, what are some of your favorite films? Like what what films inspire you to become an actress or a writer or a producer? You know what what are the films that when you watched made you realize that you could be doing something for your voice of your generation? Right. Um, I mean, I'm a massive Scorsese fan, so I love. um, I think it's really hard to create new techniques or new things right now but um martin scorsese like looking at uh, a certain shot from goodfellas um i don't know have you seen goodfellas of course okay thank god um <laughs> okay, thank I, was god. Like, I have to leave right now if you haven't <laughs> um but you know it, it's the one take choreographed scene where you know henry's going into the into the club and um just things that just make take you on this kind of visual journey that made me really be like oh i want to do this i want to make movies for the rest of my life i want to take people on like a, you know, whether it's a 15 minute short film or it's a two hour feature or it's a mini series. It's just, it's an opportunity to take people into a different world. And I think, you know, find themselves in, in that world too and kind of ask questions. And and on that note, take take people on a journey, I think is like one of the key pieces to what we do yeah. in, in our medium. But then it's also to, I think, and writing is it, it's similar vein. Mm-hmm. Um, having people kind of reaching out and saying this is, whether it's universal or just saying you are not alone in all of those aspects. So, you know, yes, escapism yeah. is wonderful, but it's also great to, you know, be looking at someone else um, billion miles away who's on film and seeing yourself yes and you know your struggles and those little moments of life um one of the movies that i love and although it's gosling it's still fantastic like blue valentine it's just you know they shot a lot of that just improv and following them around with a camera for a day and like that's when you like not just really great actors who get that but like really great moments Mm-hmm. Just really great real life connected moments. And like those are the things I think that's what draws people in. It's not necessarily like, you know, huge 
visual effects and box box office money and like that. I think that that's great, but I think that people do want the escapism aspect and they do want to be taken on a journey. But sometimes you also want, you know, you also want to be faced with your stuff for lack of a better and term there. <laughs> like even the opportunity to create stories and create different visual journeys from true stories. Like I love mm-hmm. the blind side and yes, you know, absolutely. there it's just, I there's that movie. Oh my I God. know. Let's watch it right now. <laughs> um, but I, I think, I don't know. It's film. It's, it's just so exciting because it's something that's always going to be changing. It's, you know, it's so it's. Just, oh, and haven't we seen that in the last yeah. number of years? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just, there's, it's always Technology. something new and exciting. And it's what story can, is out there that you hear about every single day and how, like, cause we've literally been watching the same two people fall in love over and over and over again. <laughs> just think about ways. it. You know, yeah. it, it's true. Like you, it, I don't want, don't get me started on horror films. Like you watch <laughs> the same person die. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just how, how do you create a story that is still exciting and interesting and because it, there's oh my gosh don't get me started well i'll just go on forever j- yeah well that's great i i want you to because <laughs> this is your opportunity right i mean mm-hmm. you're taking a short film right which in itself is based you know, on a true story a little bit well yeah. but the fact yeah. that it's a short film mm-hmm. you know it's almost like this diving board you right. know it's it's where can this small piece of art form grow which is what we decided to do with the short film when we decided originally when we had spoken about it we had thought potentially what could this be yeah. could this be a web series could this be a pilot we'd thought about different options and we were like you know what both of us had wanted to do and wanted to do the fe- the festival scene and we thought the kind of like the way that we could do not just the way that we could do the festival scene, but the way that expiry date kind of felt most honest to us at that time was in a short film and we could make it together and really make it pop that way and then put it out there um, through the festival circuit. Well, it just really sounds like this short film is kind of an extension of your careers. You're both, you know, younger millennials. Mm -hmm. You're doing a short film, which obviously us millennials don't have a large attention span as much as we (laughs) like to think we do. Vine videos, Instagram. And and this way (laughs) you have this, this ability to, you know, grow with your film. It's true. And I think the possibilities are endless. I mean, we could yes. take our, our 15 or 12 to 15 minute short film. We're in post, so we're not sure exactly of the, the yeah. time. Yeah, but um, we need to touch a little bit more about that. Yeah. But, um, you know, we could take it and shop it around as a TV pilot, or mm-hmm. we could see if anyone would want to option it to make it a feature. So, the, you know, there's, or we could use it and put it online and monetize it or not and turn it into a web series. Like, there's just so many options and so many possibilities that I think for us moving forward with expiry date, you know, finishing up in post production and then uh, submitting to festivals. Hopefully getting into festivals. Uh, <laughs> like, which ones? Which ones? Like, Sundays, hello, this is your time. Yeah, I mean, right now, originally we really wanted to to submit uh, for TIFF. However, just because the deadlines and when we were shooting, it's just not possible. Um, the, the late deadline was June 3rd, and we shot in July. So, just, um, yeah, the way that it ended up with production, we kind of, yeah. you know, you always have timelines, and then things get moved, and you got to move yeah. around for this or that. And so, yeah, we ended up going. Sorry. That's okay. Oh, my God. Don't worry. And then we're looking at Sundance, uh, Tribeca, uh, some of the big ones, and then some of the smaller ones. We would really, really like to submit to some female-driven festivals, um, as well as uh, maybe even, like, Vancouver International that's a job in itself. It is. Not only yeah. producing a, a film, whether uh-huh. it's short or not, it takes a crazy amount of, you know, effort. 
And now you have to go pitch it. Now it's mm-hmm. your baby. And how do you, mm-hmm. like, where do you pitch your baby? How do you go and, and take this living organism and, and, and help watch it grow under someone else's festival? Where, like, where do you do this? You really have to, again, do your research and be like, where do films similar to this, you know, with just a strong storyline? Like, where, where would a female-driven comedy do well at? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Where, where is it going to get seen? Where are we going to get the eyes? Yeah. You know, where are we going to get good publicity, but, you know, more or less the eyes? Yeah, yeah, the audience. Where is it going to read well? Like, who who's going to watch this? Who every, you know, every September we watch Toronto come to live with the Toronto International Film Festival. Well, who goes? Like, who, you know, it, it's, and it's the same for Sunday. It's the same for Tribeca. It's, it's just, there's, you have to really, really know who your audience is going to be and think, okay, well, I really want someone who is like this to watch my film. Okay, well, where would they go? So again, yeah. just it's doing your research. Yeah, and we and we are definitely part of that, like the up and coming, the voices of our industry and of our time. And that's yeah. what we want to be. Like that's what we strive to do, whether it's in acting or in filmmaking and writing and that kind of a thing, producing. Like we want to be the up and comers. Where are the up yeah. and comers? Where are the people with the new voices? Where are the people with the new ideas? Because that's what we want to be part of. And that's, you know, that's... Well, you're not why we created this. You're not just a part of it. You're doing it. Yeah. So you you guys are definitely, you know, breaching that distinction between, oh, I have to, I want, where do I go? What do I do? So say I'm a young professional looking to get in touch with you two to help produce more upcoming projects. How Mm -hmm. do they get in touch with GTE or, or the, the Johnston Covey sisters? (laughs) <laughs> um, for Mariah, go ahead. For me at GTE, um, you can go to www.gteproductionsinc.com. Uh, we're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can email. <laughs> I feel like I'm pitching myself. Uh, you are. I am. Email me. Um, info at gteproductionsinc.com. Um, I'm always looking for new opportunities, not only just to produce, but uh, even mentoring. That's something I'm doing right now. I'm about to start my mentoring my first feature film. So yeah, any, any questions? Um, informational interviews i do that too it must be hard to take a project that's creative with the understanding that it's basically a business model (laughs) yeah and especially when you're basically producing the creative side and then you have to kind of flip the switch and now Mm -hmm. you're the business side what's it like producing something where you're you're basically two companies two different entities producing one project Mm -hmm. obviously there's a lot of business and businesses you know a, a huge piece of this, but also with Mariah and I, we are like very fortunate that we're also friends. So yeah. we have that piece to that puzzle too. We didn't come in blind and not knowing the kind of other person's work ethic and like what their, you know, their hours are like and yeah. if they're going to be around or not or, you know, like so we had that piece, which I think helps. is, yeah, it helps a lot. Yeah. And it's not necessary, but is it was it great to have? Definitely. Yeah. Sure. But how do you take this? I think it, it depends. And pitch it. <laughs> Well, when you pitch it, now yeah. that you know that you're you've you've put all this work, you know, creatively, you then have to realize that when do you have to shut, take the the creative cap off, and then put the business cap. Well, you're the business cap is on. Sure. It's kind of been um, on since the the day one. Yeah, for, is that for, tough? For me. You know, um, I think it, you... it's tough when a it's it's so awesome working with one of your best friends, but it's also hard when you're like, oh, that's not in the budget. So it's like when your Mm -hmm. business hat's on, it's kind of hard because you're like, oh, but my friendship toque is back here. Like I (laughs) want to wear them all. And like, it it is difficult, but I think, you know, you always have to have your business hat on because you have to think like, sure, you can be making stuff from your heart and you, and we did, and we, we will continue to do so, but it's also like, okay, we have to get this out there. Any memorable stories of 
kind of you guys clashing because you maybe not realize how business something is or we how, had one. how creative okay we had one about casting at the avenue cap do you not remember i literally was like i'm not gonna do this yeah yeah yeah, oh, yeah. yeah 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 totally yeah i think sometimes it comes down again to business and it, it's the nature of the beast i mean when you're producing it's ultimately you're the person responsible for people seeing what you're doing Definitely. So I think if you don't believe 100% in what you're doing and who you're doing it with, yes. then you can't do it. Where can I find out when when I can see this? It's a little bit tricky with film festivals because we really can't release it anywhere. It'll premiere at one of the festivals, likely. and so. But we yeah. will be. We are launching our social media very soon. Yep. Okay. What are those social medias? At expiry date film. Okay. And then right now, we've been kind of posting off of our personal accounts okay. and off of GTE. I've been doing my Instagram, which is Britlin, or my Facebook, which is official Brittany Johnson. So if I'm a young writer looking to help co-produce something, I can come and message you guys, no problem. Like, yeah. you, that's the advice I'm getting from yeah. you guys. No, seriously. Both of us, and, and I think that's a great thing, and I do know that about Mariah and myself. Like, both of us are very open, and mm-hmm. with this project, we were like come we will like let's build together you know because that's what we're all about and Um, what's the advice you would give to these young professionals or or young aspiring writers and producers that even to contact you what's the advice i think just going in and not acting like you know everything because you are never going to know anything and i think for me being so young and already knowing what i know and i have a lot to learn knowing that you have a lot to learn and it's okay not to know stuff and it's okay not to you know, understand what that piece of equipment is. And if it's not like you were born and you're like, I am Steven Spielberg, like, and I know all of the equipment, like you, Mm -hmm. you, it's just, it's not possible. Everyone has to learn. And so when you are being able to reach out to people that you want to work with, or you want to ask questions, just put it in a way like, Hey, I, I want to learn. And I think that's the other thing. It's not like, Oh, what can I get from you? It's like, I want to learn and you, you have the information. And I think just just being honest, being like, hey, I really like your work. I'm really interested in working with you because of this. I also know I really need to learn more about that. Could you help me? So I think knowing your strengths and your weaknesses and knowing what you have to offer and what you need to learn. And I think also like a big thing that I think also is a bit generational is like people are, I think, more open to reaching out and being mentored or having Mm -hmm. those kind of informational sessions with somebody sitting down for a coffee, sitting down, you know, whatever, having a drink and saying, hey, like, this is what I'm into. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm working on. What are you? And keeping, you know, definitely in mind everything that Mariah said because she, you know, nail on the head right there. But also just not doubting yourself and putting yourself out there, even if you don't know. Like, you just have to literally keep putting yourself out there and trying it Mm -hmm. and trying it and trying it and trying it. And I think that that's probably, like, the most important thing. Yeah. Should these young people expect to put more sweat equity in? Absolutely. Totally. There, you, you, yeah, you have to pound the pavement and no one's going to give you anything. And I think that's, that's the other thing about people who are up and comers or are successful is the fact that they are doing it themselves. And they're like, I, this is what I need to put in the world. This story needs to be mm-hmm. highlighted or this needs to be said yes. or this needs to be eradicated from society. So how, how can I get my voice and my story out there? And it, it's it's hard work and it's you would be surprised by how many people will respond to you that you never think would. Like, the pe- you know, the caliber of people or the people who's, they, you know, they have 90 credits on IMDb and I, I emailed them and asked them a question and they got back to me. It's, it's the fact that you never know who you're going to work with. That's the other thing. Because someone who might be 17 years old right now 
and is trying desperately to PA or to learn more, mm-hmm. well, they might be winning an Oscar when they're 35. Totally. So it's it's the fact that this industry is just so it, – it's just – it's crazy and, and it's fascinating and, you know, but you just – you never know who you're going to work with. And I think that's that's the beauty of it as well because then ultimately people want to help you. Well, I think so too. I want to thank you two for coming in today. Producer from GTE Productions, Mariah Owen, writer, Brittany Johnson, expiry date, coming to a festival soon. Heck Woo! yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll definitely be uh, posting about it and definitely promoting it when it does come. So we're thank thinking you. probably 2016. Hopefully we, we will definitely know by the end of 2016 where we will be. Um, for sure. Yeah. But... Uh, What's that website once more for people to come check it out to know what's the going on with it? Check me day? out. <laughs> www.gteproductionsinc.com and we will definitely be posting about expiry date from there and on our Facebook um, as soon as our expiry date film. All right. Uh, thanks, goes live. ladies. Thank you. Woo! Thank you. Thank you.